Abba Father, we just come to you again, Lord, with a new expectation, with a hungry heart, Lord, to learn once again how to become a woman of destiny, how to draw near to you and to truly know our position in Christ. And more than that, to know what you want to speak through us, what you want to do through us so that there can be victory. For those you love so father i pray as we as we learn about the life of deborah and how she was not just a mighty warrior but how most of all she was your beloved daughter that that same anointing will come and rest upon our lives as we are awakened as we arise to become who you always destined for us to be. So Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are our teacher. We thank you that you are the one that will, will empower us and help us as we wait upon you. In Jesus' name, let your kingdom come, our Father, and let your will be done this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So thank you so much for joining us and um, welcome to those who is joining us for the second session. Last week, we looked at Mary Magdalene and how she was truly a woman who knew her first love that did not only meet Jesus or had an encounter and deliverance, but truly was someone that walked with Jesus and her relationship went from glory to glory as she even revealed the resurrection Christ to the world. So today we will be speaking about Deborah and who Deborah is as a woman of God, a woman of destiny, not only as a warrior, because many people just see Deborah as a warrior, you know, almost like in, in our days as a GI Jane or for the younger people, like a Marvel woman, a superwoman. But that's actually not the picture that the word of God gives us about Deborah at all. And today I want to read from Judges chapter 4, where it actually describes to us who Deborah is and, and what she did and how God spoke to her and how God used her. So if you have your Bibles, then let's open the book of Judges. And I'm going to read in chapter 4 from verse 3 to 9. It says, Then the Israelites cried to the Lord, for Yarban had 900 chariots of iron and had severely oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Labitov, judged Israel at that time. She sat under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites came up to her for judgment. And she sent and called Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you, Go, gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 men from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulon. And I will draw out Sisera, the general of Yabin's army, to meet you at the river Kishon with his chariots and his multitude. And I will deliver him into your hand. And Barak said to her, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the trip you take will not be for your glory, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. Now, when we read this, we see that the first thing it speaks about is that it describes the situation 
of Israel during those times. Now, Deborah became the fourth judge after Joshua. And in this time, after Ehud passed away and she became the judge, the, the people of God has been falling away and lived in sin. They departed from the ways of God and started following the ways and the rituals of those around them. So God appointed Deborah specifically for this season to rise up. And we will look at how she was set apart, how she was not just aware of God or believed in God, but she really had the intimate relationship with God. So at first, we, we might think that, you know, Deborah was this, this mighty warrior. But in fact, it speaks more about her relationship that she had with Jesus, especially if we read chapter five on how she wrote the song, the victory song, after God gave them the victory. And she ends the song with declaring God's love for his people and how the people should love God. So when we look at how specifically she's described, the first thing it says about her, that she was a prophetess. Now, I think especially in, in the times we're living, you know, everybody wants a title. Everybody wants to be called some prophet, apostle, um, you know, evangelist. But when we read this, this description was not her title. It wasn't the prophet Deborah. It says Deborah was a prophetess because her identity was not in her gift. Her identity was foremost in her being a daughter of the Most High, her knowing God personally, not because of the gift, not because of, of how God used her, but it speaks of her relationship, her personal intimate relationship that Deborah had with God. And that is very important for me. When we want to be used by God, when you want to become a woman of destiny or a person of influence, you can never pursue the gifts. You have to pursue the giver. You know, that day she had the confidence in the word that God has given her, not because she, she knew that the army was strong, but she knew the great commander, the host of the angel army, which is our almighty God. And that is what, what made her so influential in the lives of the people of Israel during that time. It was not only when she gave the word to them about the, the battle that they suddenly trusted her. They were fruit of her life continuously. You know, the word says that they respected her. They, they listened at her advice. And she was a leader for many, many years, not only for that time that they had to face the army of Sisera and, and King Yabin's whole reign. Deborah lived a life that was a testimony of her personal relationship with Jesus and, and what she received from God. The, the word she received from God was evident in her life first. And that's why Barak could trust that when she gave him the word and said to him, did God not command you? There was the assurance, the confidence in she do hear the, the voice of God. And if God speaks this, when she accompanies us, God's presence will be there. And that's what I foremost and most importantly for each one of you to remember. It is never about your gift. It must never be about your ministry. It must never be about what God wants to do through you. It must always be about who God is in you personally. That relationship that when people testify of you, 
they should always remember that you first and at most is a child of the Most High. And that that relationship will bring change, will bear fruit, and will inspire others to say, hey, I can face the enemy if you come with me because I know that God is with you. And Deborah didn't take that, that title as what is important to her. For her, what was important was the relationship that God had with his people, not only with her. You know, we will look at, at what Deborah's name mean and how she was a blessing, not just because it was about her, what God was saying to her, what God wanted to do in her, but more important, what God's heart was and what God wanted to do for his beloved people, the Israelites. So secondly, when we read how they describe her first as a prophetess, describing her relationship, uh, intimate relationship, hearing the voice of God and speaking it with boldness. But secondly, it says that she was the wife of Lapidot. Now, I think in, in today's time, there's a lot of people that vindicate rights for women and, you know, um, how women have to be strong. But when you know and you are secure in who you are as a woman in the eyes of your father, in the eyes of God, you don't need to prove who you are as a woman in this world. And that is something that we truly can learn from the life of Deborah. Not only was she satisfied and content with still being the wife of Labidov, but also when God gave the victory through the hand of another woman, she was not insecure. And I want to encourage you as a woman of God, you don't have to fight for a position. You don't have to contend with men. Be who God has prepared for you to be. And you know, the beautiful thing is when God has brought Deborah and Lavidov together, it actually was a team. And why do I say this? When we look at the meaning of Lavidov's name, it means torches or flames. And when we read it in English, we just read Deborah, the wife of Lavidov. But actually, when, when you look at the Hebrew, it can also read, Deborah, the woman of flames, or the woman of torches. And we know that describe her even more. She was a woman of zeal for God. You know, when you read her history in the, in the Hebrew history, they really honor her even today for her diligence and love for the Torah and the presence of God. So she was like a burning flame. She was on fire for the things of God. She was a light. And this is when, when we read it about Labidov, I'm sure he was a significant man in his own right. But in the same time, Deborah was still content to just be described as his wife. And on the other hand, Labidov must have been content to support his wife and encourage her to really be who God wants her to be. And maybe you are saying, but, but Anka, you don't know my husband. And my husband is not like Labidov who encouraged me and who stand next to me. And maybe he even resists you, or maybe he has not even met the Lord yet. Then I want to share with you my own personal testimony that if you trust the Lord and if you know the Lord personally, he says, I make all things work together for your good. And you know, when I met Hannes, he, he's been an amazing man in the natural. 
But at that time, he was just a churchgoer. And as I fell in love with him, I knew because I fasted and I prayed that this is the man, the husband that God gave to me. And in that time before he was born again and filled with the spirit of the Lord, the one thing that the Lord said to me is, don't pray what you want. Don't fight what your eyes see, but start praying over him and declare over him who I say he is. You know, and, and the Lord started to, to show me how he's going to use Hannes mightily to prophesy, how he's going to open his eyes to declare things and it will be established. And I started to declare that over him. I, I didn't complain when I had to go to a church where I felt in, the, in my flesh that, you know, it was, it was not fun enough or, you know, I didn't get anything from it. The Lord said to me, you are there for the season and I want you not to complain and I want you not to murmur, but I want you to see what I see. And even in that, God allowed me to start praying for people every Sunday when I had to go to church. And when God touched and transformed the heart of Hannes, it was really in an instant where not only did God start to do exactly what he showed me, but he brought increase and he really took us from glory to glory. And more than that, Hannes is the one person that whatever God speaks to me, he's the first one that I can share with and I can ask him to agree with me. Whenever I get an invitation to go somewhere, whenever the Lord speaks something new to me, you know, he's the first one that I would say, hey, what do you, what do you think about this? Listen what the Lord has been sharing with me. And this is my prayer for each one of you as a woman of destiny, that you will not contend with your husband. You will not fight him in the natural, but you're going to come and like the word said, submit to him. Now that word submit is to tenderly be devoted to him. That devotion is not the same devotion that we have to God. Because remember, even with Deborah, it was first a relationship with God. She was the prophetess, that intimacy. But then it says that she was still the wife. She was still devoted. And that tender devotion, when that is there, God will, will make the husband that he has given you to be the man after his own heart, not after your heart.